I grew up literally watching like five cartoons. What were they? Magic School Bus, Arthur, the one where kids do math. And then Dragon Tales. Don't forget Dragon Tales. Oh, yeah, Dragon Tales. Dragons in Spanish. There you go. Uh, I I had nothing as a child, okay? Uh, Which is not to say that I didn't love Magic School Bus. All my love to Miss Frizz and the Magic Bus, okay? Welcome back to our podcast, Tales from the Table. I'm Cloud, the dungeon master and creator of this adventure, and around our virtual table we have... Athanasius. Flower. And Caden. All right, which unlucky soul gets to give the uh, summary this time? I think I gave it last time. I can do it. Okay. (laughs) I volunteer's tribute! All right. All right, let's see. We finished our um, rest along the mountainside, and... Caden told us about his uncle and his quest to find him. Came in through the gates um, and saw a whole bunch of paper people and paper beings. Basically, every, any sort of living being was made of paper. And we talked to some uh, lovely hairdressers. One of them was named Salima. And yeah, she told us that, you know, everything's been great here and the calamity hasn't happened. They're not aware of any sort of bad stuff uh, she did tell us to watch out for the floaty boys, and we proceeded to ignore uh, her warning and were <laughs> well. attacked by one of them. <laughs> Turns out they can pack a real mean punch, um, but they are also dumb as a box of rocks. Um, and through the use of some handy sorcerer magic and Virginia's ring, we have now managed to evade it. Uh, yeah, currently the three of you are standing inside a fog cloud in the middle of a street. When do you want to poke your head out, make sure it's gone? I poke. Okay, yep, it seems to be gone. All right, I think we're safe. All right, I dissipate the fog cloud. All right, and I can see the two of you now, and I'm like, oh no, you guys, you guys don't look so hot. I imagine, like, my face is just cartoonishly black from the fire that it burned. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like Mary and Pippin after the after the fireworks. <laughs> like it's yes. like in a like a bad science cartoon when like the mad scientist blows something up and like all the eyebrows and the hair are like charred and sticking out everywhere. Yep. Yeah, except wasn't it necromantic damage? Y- yeah, it was necrotic damage. Uh, so I guess maybe so it's green green soot on my face or purple, I know. black. It doesn't look good, whatever it is. Maybe your skin looks really, like, gray and, like, all withered and ashy. It's it's bad. Well, let me try this thing that I've been sort of, sort of feeling, sort of working on. And I'm going to channel divinity and use flourish. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Um, we talked about this cloud, I guess I should... <laughs> Double check with you. This is this is still good, right? Um, the uh, yeah description I, I came think up so. with was um, I can give up to four creatures within thirty feet of me uh, a number of temp HP, which is my paladin level plus charisma modifier. Yeah, 
I, I mean, look, look, if I was too lazy and too much of a procrastinator to actually take a look at it and say no, then that counts as a yes, I feel like. Oh, oh damn. Man, could have really explained that. I know. No, yeah, that sounds fine to me. Uh, just for the listeners, because I'm me, everything in this campaign is pretty much homebrewed. I don't know if there's any part of this I haven't ripped apart and tried to rebuild with duct tape. And uh, Flower's got a cool homebrewed paladin oath uh, with some fun stuff. Uh, and this is one of them, so... Yeah, and I guess, like, the sand sort of draws up around your feet, and it doesn't heal you, but you feel, yeah, a little more resilient because of the temp hit points. Oh, thanks. It's actually a good thing that I took a hit after uh, using False Life then, huh? That's exactly what I was thinking, because you already burned through all your other ones. All right. <laughs> Are the paper people, like, coming back out, or is everyone still hiding? Uh, no, they're they're coming back out now. Uh, and there, honestly, the floaty boy didn't really do a lot of damage. Uh, it maybe withered some stuff in the alley, but apart from that, it, it, it didn't really, you know, do too much harm, and it certainly didn't make any move like it was going to attack any of the paper people, uh, so... Uh, they don't seem too too bothered, although they weren't really eager to be in the way when it was taking out you guys either. Uh, so you notice a lot of them are staring at you guys now. Again, no facial expressions, but just by a sort of paper body language, you get the feeling they maybe are starting to rethink uh, their opinion of having you guys around. We should probably uh, get on moving out of this area. Yeah, that seems I agree. prudent. Let's slip down an alley. Sure. I mean, there's alleys everywhere. There's plenty of shops and restaurants and things like that, too. You get the feeling looking around that this wasn't a place where tons of people lived. Like, people might have lived over top of their stores or things like that, but, like, you don't see a lot of houses or anything here. Let me tell you a little bit more maybe about what you do see. So right now you're sort of within the first uh, ring of the city and ahead of you on slightly higher ground, um, which rises a little bit as it gets toward the mountain, is an inner ring. And then within that, an even higher, much smaller inner ring, which is pretty much just surrounding that large glowing tower. Uh, so you can definitely see the tower. In the inner ring, you see a lot of buildings that are tall and uh, have a lot of those sort of sculpted curves that you recognize as being part of the uh, elvish architecture in this area. Uh, you see a lot of glass and crystal, uh, and you also see... Uh, the tops of trees and what look like some very like uh, verdant regions. Uh, so maybe like some gardens over there. Um, you can't really see much uh, of what else is on your level of the city. You would probably have to ask around a little bit to see uh, where some other stuff was. I think we should make our way up towards the tower, right? Yeah, do we want to see if there's, like, uh, maybe an inn nearby and you could take a longer rest before we go to the tower? I mean, maybe we can get try to get up to the, the next tier, maybe where people aren't so familiar with, you know, the, the floaty boy attack. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this ring of the city is quite large. Um, you wouldn't have... You could go uh, somewhere else in the city without necessarily going up to that next tier also. You do know that there is another even larger, scarier floaty boy uh, curled around that large glowing tower. Going towards it might not be the best bet for safety. In fact, going somewhere and talking to somebody is probably your best bet to get a better lay of the land and what you where you might want to go next. Okay, I guess we can do that then. As you walk uh, through the streets of the Opal District, uh, you can sort of see there are roads that lead off, uh, some of them lead off east towards the mountain, and you can see the buildings there are not quite as nice, and then you can see uh, buildings off to the... I can't do directions, and I literally just said east-west, the opposite of east... (laughs) And you can see some of the buildings there are made of sculpted stone uh, in sort of like a um, more yellow color uh, over there. Uh, It looks like there might be more houses and things like that in both directions. Uh, So either one would be fine. Let's go uh, east towards the lesser looking district. Oh, I thought you said weast. I don't know what that's a reference to, unless you're just what? openly mocking the fact that You don't that know I... what that's a reference to? No. Oh, Kevin. We didn't have cable as kids, and Cloud has not oh. caught up on the memes the same way I have. Oh, no. <laughs> what is this? What is this? It's a SpongeBob thing. Oh, God. No, I couldn't watch SpongeBob as a kid because my cheap-ass parents wouldn't pay for cable. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, back on topic. Well, did my party members agree with me? We go west. (laughs) We're going back to that damn sock lump. (laughs) I mean, I had reasons for choosing You could probably hide in the socks from the floaty boys, I'm just saying. You know, I'm down for the sock lump. I wanted to go there in the first place. No, we we go east with Caden. Not bitter. You all make me very sad, and I want you to know that. Okay, you guys go damn socks on the way out. Fucking east, okay? (laughs) You guys go east (laughs) towards the mountain. We already broke cloud, folks. We're like we're like ten minutes into the episode. We are literally fifteen minutes into this episode, and I literally can't even anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You go the fuck to the east. You guys pull one more stunt, and I'm I'm gonna have Tiamat come, and the Tarask is gonna grab us both and teleport us west. Oh my god. Oh, please, please. Okay, um, Athanasius, as you guys head east, uh, why don't you roll me a, uh, one of your, uh, magic checks that involves your just rolling and adding your wisdom modifier? 20, not natural. Oh, nice. Athanasius, as you guys head east into these, uh, slightly less vibrant streets, um, there's still a lot of people around, uh, but they the shops here aren't nearly as colorful or as gaudy, uh, and the houses are smaller, and uh, everything is a little more subdued. 
Um, no one's really staring at you anymore. Uh, I mean, a few people are because you're not made out of paper, but, you know, they're not too troubled by that, it doesn't look like. Sula! They're mostly... Sula! Sula, Sula, they whisper back to you. Uh, and some of them wave, especially like little kids and stuff like that. But Athanasius, as you guys go uh, to the east, you start to feel... What's the dragonborn equivalent of like the hair standing up on the back of your neck? A prickle in your crest? Yeah. Horny. My, my scales get prickly, I guess. Yeah, itchy, itchy scales on the back of your neck. And you notice your armband is glowing a little bit again. And you feel a pull uh, kind of towards the mountain. And as you sort of round a bend, I think you see something kind of unusual. There's a wall inside the city wall, walling off a portion of the city. Uh, this wall, uh, which is unlike the other city walls uh, in that it is... Uh, made of uh, completely white stone. Uh, not sparkly, like fancy white stone, like marble. More like uh, it's probably been painted, honestly. It's probably just the local uh, sandstone that's been painted white. But it is uh, as white as bleached bones. And um, there is a small... It's not necessarily a gate. It's more like a door... Uh, there's like a, a doorway uh, to go into it with white steps leading up. Uh, and you notice that there's kind of no one down this street. You can see that this wall within the city wall is walling off quite a large area, honestly. Uh, kind of here right at the foot of the mountain. You can sort of see it curving uh, off into the distance a little bit. Sort of uh, carving out an area of the city. Okay, and just to be clear, I'm I feel like I'm being pulled in that direction. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um guys. Uh-huh. I I know you don't want me to run off by myself and and stuff, but can we can we go towards that? Yeah. It looks sort of maybe ominous, huh? It looks very ominous. As you look at it, all uh well, you don't have hair either. Uh, definitely the hair on the back of Caden's neck stands up. Flower, you probably get more of the scale prickle. Mm -hmm. That's uh, pretty, pretty ominous. My armband seems to want to go in that direction. Alright, but if we end up fighting another floaty boy, I'm running. Looking uh, skyward, you don't see any floaty boys in the vicinity at the moment. Okay, we'll approach the door. Okay, as you get close to this wall, uh, you like you wouldn't necessarily think that just a blank white wall would be super ominous, and it takes you a little bit to sort of put your finger on what's so ominous about it, apart from the fact that the rest of the city is uh, quite bright and colorful, although, of course, everything is, is in this perpetual twilight. But this wall almost seems to absorb all sound. As you get close to it, uh, even the sound of your footsteps and your breathing uh, and your whispered voices uh, seems almost to be sucked into the stone and silence seems to be breathed out of it. Uh, and it's very disquieting. Uh, you can walk up the steps. There's a, a plain wooden 
uh, whitewashed door there uh, that is closed. Still feeling it, Athen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I open the door, or I try to. Okay. Uh, when you push on the door, uh, it opens soundlessly, and uh, you can enter uh, through this wall into what is beyond. And what is beyond appears to be, just based on your knowledge of these things, uh, an enormous uh, graveyard? Uh, there are sort of monuments and mausoleums here and there. Uh, it's sort of like entering a really packed graveyard. There aren't like skeletons and dead people laying around. It's, it's like a cemetery. Um, no grass grows here. Uh, the climate is too hot for that. Uh, instead, uh, there's just simple white stone everywhere. I've got a bad feeling about this. You sure, Athens? Yeah, I'm, I'm already wandering into the graveyard. Uh, Athanasius, you, since the Calamity, have many times had the experience of the dead reaching out to you, and you know what it feels like, and you know that someone is, is reaching out to you here. Athanasius, as you uh, wander quietly through these tombstones and mausoleums, uh, suddenly a wind starts to pick up. Uh, it's just a slight breeze at first, and then suddenly you uh, notice uh, a few scraps of paper uh, being blown on the wind. And then slowly, uh, before your eyes, these few scraps of paper start to fold themselves into maybe the outline of a shape, maybe this, just the start of a paper person, not quite whole yet. Um, but this person is a dragonborn. Uh, they're shorter than you are. Um, but you can tell, you can see the curl of a folded paper horn and the sweep of a tail taking shape. And even though it's hard to tell, uh, in this sort of paper, uh, form, um, why don't you make me a perception check? Twelve. Okay. Uh, you don't... I think this experience is pretty disconcerting uh, for you, and maybe you step back a little bit. Um, you're wondering kind of where the paper is coming from. You are almost seeing it maybe appear out of thin air. It, it doesn't seem like it was laying on the ground or anything like that, but you don't get a good look at what's written on it. And you feel a voice... Uh, sort of pressing at the edge of your mind. And, Athen, it's a familiar voice. Uh, it's a voice you haven't heard in a really, really long time. Um, and Zania says to you, Athen, Athen. Zania? The paper folds itself a little more tightly and a few more pieces coalesce. And you can see... Still sort of shaky, not quite there, but the outline of a female dragonborn. And it is your friend, Zania, who you have not seen in many, many, many years. She reaches out to you. Athanasius, you feel the gloaming pulling at you. This 
uh, whatever this is, it's not a shade, it's not an undead, you don't have any experience of what this magic could possibly be, but whatever it is, it is trying to draw on you to give it more life. Uh, so if you continue, you're going to lose an integrity point. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, as you feel Zaniah reach out to you, you willingly give her some of your substance and the paper figure takes sort of full form. And all of you can see a female dragonborn. Uh, there's not a whole lot of detail or definition there. But then you can hear her voice uh, speaking to Athanasius. Athen. Athen. What, what are you doing here? Why are you so far from Radiance? I don't know where here is. Well, where are you? I'm with you. I'm here. You're in the Solonari Desert. She doesn't really seem to comprehend that. Uh, it doesn't seem to make much sense to her. I'm here. With you. To warn you. Warn me about what? The words. You showed me the words. And she points. And you can, I think now if you take maybe a, a step closer... Um, you can see as she kind of points that some of uh, her paper body is made up of the pieces of paper that you used to practice writing on as a child. It's covered in a child's first attempts at writing. She's sort of desperately trying to show this to you. The words. I had to warn you about the words. What words in particular? What are, what are you saying? Dragon words. Can I take a closer look at the paper? Yeah, sure. Although, I don't think you really need to. What you would have been teaching her to write was draconic. Right. The dragon words. Okay, what about them? Power. They have power. Words have power. You mean, like, diplomatic power? No, no. The letters have power. They changed the letters. They changed the words. Who? They. You. Me? You. I changed the words. All of you. You changed the dragon words. I, I don't understand what you mean. Um, where are you keeping the piece of paper you found in the desert? Uh, in my pocket. Okay, it flies out of your pocket. You all changed the words. Okay, I look at the spell. You're, you're saying that this altered form of Draconic has power? All words have power. The old words had power. The new words have new power. But it's different power. You can't change the words without changing the power. So you're saying this altered form of Draconic has a significantly different meaning than Old Draconic. She looks a little confused. Meaning and power. The power is different. Different shapes. Different meaning. Does Caden know that he was, like, copying a different form of Draconic spell to, like... Uh, Athanasius hasn't copied it in any way. Uh, he's just been studying two different examples. One was in the journal 
uh, that he was studying with Gilbert, and the other is in this piece of paper that he just found in the desert outside the city. Are you saying that this form of draconic is even different than what I was studying with Gilbert? Gilbert. I don't know Gilbert. But I know the teacher. Uh, Athen blanches a little bit. Find the teacher. Caius? Show the teacher. Zaniah, are you talking about Caius? I don't know. The teacher. Find the teacher. The teacher is with the words. Find him. Okay, I nod. Be careful about changing the words, she says. Okay. And uh, I think with that, uh, she fades a little bit and the pieces of paper sort of drift gently to the ground. Was this conversation happening in Draconic? Ah, interesting question. Probably, Probably, yes. Yeah, in the the, uh, silver dragonborn dialect of Draconic. Does that normally happen to you, Athen? Well, this instance was odd, because I didn't get the sense that Zaniah was deceased. I suppose it's time that I actually come clean with you guys. So, obviously, uh, you know that I'm afflicted. I wouldn't be able to cast spells if I wasn't. I'm not sure 100% how, but my affliction seems to be related to necromancy and undeath. Oh, my, that's not good. Yeah. Well, I don't know yet. My my affliction gives me visions of those who are deceased, and they ask me for help of various kinds, and they help me in return. So I'm used to being visited by apparitions like this, But like I said, usually I get the indication that they're deceased, and I did not get that feeling from Zanaya. Oh, um, that, that was one of my childhood friends, Zanaya, from Radiance, where I grew up. Oh my, oh no, is she deceased? No, I, I, I didn't get that impression. To be fair, you don't know. Well, you said that I didn't get the impression that it was an undead. Hmm, that's true. I wasn't thinking of any of the paper people as undead. And I'm not I'm not saying she is deceased. Uh, I'm not sure, though, that you know whether she is or not. Because anything could have happened... I mean, you, you haven't heard from her in years and years and years, and lots of people died during the Calamity. That definitely could have happened. Um, and you're not sure whether the paper paper people here are somehow the people who were killed in Zuljara who are now alive again? Because the people you met who were living and then overtaken by the gloaming seemed to turn into shades. You're, it's a little bit unclear exactly what is happening here in the city itself. Right, but Zanaya was different than the other paper pool paper people we met in that she was like this weird not wraith but like more 
spectral form? Yeah, uh, yeah, was not uh, quite as stable. Uh, That's true. But you still said I didn't get the impression that she was an undead. No. So therefore I'm assuming that Zanaya is alive. Okay, it is an assumption. Because like the rest of the visions I had, I did get the impression that they were undead. Oh, true. Every other time you've had a vision, uh, no one else has been able to see it. And you've clearly been seeing a, yeah, a ghost or a disembodied spirit of some sort. And that is, doesn't seem to be what was happening here. That's true. I, uh, I don't know. From what Zanaya said, I'm guessing that there's going to be another shade or slightly less solid paper person for someone else in my past. I'll keep my eyes out. And I kind of just turn around and look at the party. Yeah, Flower's looking kind of uncomfortable. Quite a bit uncomfortable. What's wrong, Kane's really just stressful with this whole world. He's just (laughs) like, are you sure it was being truthful with you? I have no reason to believe that my childhood friend would not be truthful with me. But was it your friend, or was it a representation of your friend? Who knows? This place is... That's all I'm saying. Odd. We don't know. Are there names on these tombs? Or are they just sort of there? No, no, there's definitely names. Uh, Some of them are... uh, I would say maybe the vast majority of them are written in Solinari Elvish. Uh, But every now and again you see some in uh, tiefling writing or uh, in centaur writing. And, uh, you know, a couple other... Are they in alphabetical order? <laughs> no. No, just like in a normal cemetery, they they seem to be... Some of them are in family groups, but apart from that, there doesn't seem to be a ton of a ton of order. Is there a directory? Is there a map? <laughs> is there a directory? You know, there probably is or was somewhere at some point. I mean, I'm sure that there was... You know, someone who was the caretaker of the cemetery. Probably lots of someone. You know what? I bet size. you. I bet you the caretaker came back as a paper person, and the paper he's made out of is the directory. You know what? That actually sounds like perfectly legitimate. So yeah, somewhere around here, there are probably caretakers, uh, paper caretakers, probably still tending to some of the tombs, uh, and they might actually be made up of the directory. <laughs> Got him. That's good. Yep. Sounds about right. All right. So you're a necromancer. Well, I wouldn't call myself a necromancer, no. All right. You've got necromancy af- affliction. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that, that seems more fair. Yes. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Flower, are you Okay. I don't know. I just, I've always learned not to mess with, you know, things outside the natural order. I'm sure it's not your fault you've got that magic, but it's just... Caden's making for the exit. (laughs) Caden's right. This place is kind of odd and foreboding, but I can talk about it with you more when we rest tonight, if you would like. Yeah, let's... Get out of here. I nod. The tiny little Caden is holding the giant door open for you two. 
(laughs) (laughs) It is a pretty large door. You notice that most things in this city are built on a fairly large scale, and you get the impression that that might have been because there was, you know, a fairly sizable centaur population that lived here, so uh, some horse people had to get Have we seen paper centaurs? Oh, yeah. Okay. And one of the shades in Mirsa was a centaur as well, because we uh, argued at length about whether it was wearing pants. (laughs) Obviously, it's wearing pants. What kind of centaur doesn't wear horse pants? The naked kind. The naked kind don't wear horse pants. The nasty ones. No! I argued that they were... The the centaurs in this universe are not nasty just because they don't wear pants. I told you that some bugbears don't wear clothes, and then Kevin called them nudists. Yeah, so that would make the centaur either A, have horse pants, or B, be a nudist. If they have horse pants, does that mean they have horse restrooms? Oh my god. Oh god, that is a good question, god. I think that in this universe, uh, where so many different races live <laughs> together, that people have designed multi multiracial bathrooms uh, that accommodate uh, people of all sizes and uh, limb arrangements. There you I want to see a diagram of this layout. Yeah, I want to <laughs> see a picture of a horse urinal cloud. In use. A horse urinal is really easy. It's called, you make a trench in the ground, and then you it has little places on one side for the back hooves and the other side for the front hooves, and then the horse just stands there and then it just pees. <laughs> seems reasonable. Uh, seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how different is that from a human urinal? Like, hardly de- different at all. I mean, except yeah, it's in the ground slide. instead Let's of on continue. the wall, but yeah. How is a horse going to pee on the wall? Well, it's going to... It would have to rear have, up on its hind have a, legs. A urinal with a really long lip. And and for number two, there there can be like just sort of like a uh So there's a like funnel a toilet and like a hose. And you just yeah. sort of into the no, no, no. <laughs> no 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 here's the thing. It can be like a um like a humanoid urinal, okay, but with with like toilet water in it, and then the horse the centaur can can go number two. And then uh, can pull the flush, and away it goes. Anyway, what, whatever, whatever. What horse toilets we're leaving they have? The graveyard. Them. You're leaving the necropolis. You leave. Uh, you walk back out into the shaded district, which is the name of the district that is in the shadow of Mount Samrad here. And uh, you can, if you would like to find an inn where you can stay, uh, you can easily do that. In fact, as you are walking along. Uh, you see a kind of unusual uh, painted sign uh, that shows, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of like a cartoon-looking demon, Uh, but he's in a bathtub full of flames, and it says, The Warm Demon Bar. That looks sketch-sketch. Is it The Warm Demon Bar and Inn? (laughs) Yeah, The Warm Demon Bar, and then it's got a little asterisk, and then it says, And Inn. It's kind of like put it as an afterthought. Uh, Caden, didn't you say that you wanted to uh, find an inn? E- yes. This one looks sketchy, though. I don't know about that. I think it looks pretty normal. There are All tieflings right. here. Maybe they're just going for, like, you know, a, a tiefling thing. I don't, Maybe. Is, is that is that a, a racist thing, comparing tieflings to demons? Are there even demons in this world? 
uh, yeah so the weird thing is in this universe like no one really sees demons they're kind of like a weird fairy story like um uh bigfoot yeah like bigfoot is in our world or something except like people don't go like squatching for demons <laughs> yeah yeah no one oh, no, they absolutely do okay yeah on, on second thought actually they do <laughs> they totally do so yeah, the warm demon bar. Uh, what you know about demons from like folk stories is that they apparently love fire and live in like a fire dimension. So you're not, you don't know if it makes sense for them to be in a bathtub full of fire or if that's overkill, but yeah. Wouldn't it be a lava bath? No, this this artist has drawn a bathtub that's just full of normal looking flames, not I lava. I disagree with the artist representation. So it's well, like you the could, uh, this is fine dog, there. except in a bathtub and it's a demon. Uh, yes, exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. Uh, in fact, uh, the demon has a little like, uh, you can see he's got like a little scrub brush, like you used to scrub your back in the bath. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but the flames are very tastefully covering any uh, any private bits. All right, let's head inside. Okay, inside. Uh, strangely enough, uh, you don't see uh, a paper tiefling. Uh, you actually see a paper minotaur, uh, who I mean does have horns, but not very demonic looking. Uh, and that paper minotaur is. Uh, sort of going through the pantomime of like wiping down a bar and glasses and stuff like that although is not actually holding like a water-soaked rag uh and you can see uh, various hand. <laughs> yeah you can see various other paper uh bar patrons uh sitting at tables uh and there are like plates of food in front of them and like glasses full of liquid but no one is eating or drinking uh, you just sort of hear them talking. Uh, the Minotaur looks up as you enter uh, and doesn't seem, you know, too hostile or anything like that. Again, facial expressions are hard here, but is not, like, coming towards you aggressively or anything. Hey, uh, we'd like to post up in a room for the night. Uh, I think he doesn't say anything back in return. He cocks his head in, in uh, maybe to one side. Do you want to talk to him in Solanari? Yeah, I step up and uh, repeat what Caden said in Solanari. Ah, yeah, Sula. Sula. Uh, welcome to the warm demon bar, my friends. I kind of, like, give a little head nod. Yes, uh, we can definitely put you up for the night. Uh, well, we have plenty of beds. Just take whichever one suits your fancy. And uh, how much will it cost us? Oh, everything's good for business. We don't worry about that. He says as he continues to go through the motions of wiping down, uh, you know, empty beer glasses. I think back to last episode when we discussed the piles of rubies in the streets. Uh, and I nod. And I turn to Flower and Caden. Uh, yeah, he says we can just take whatever bed we want. How much? He doesn't care about money. This place is weird. Yeah, the hairdressers were the same. Do you think we should still leave some anyways? Like, maybe this is just a, a polite thing and you're really expected to. I mean, Wouldn't didn't you try idea. that with the hairdressers? How did it go? I don't know. We were kind of interrupted by the floaty boy. All right, well, we can stay and then leave some for him in the morning. 
on our way out. Works for me. Because I feel like the longer we spend around these people, the more suspicious they'll grow. As Caden looks around nervously. Do we want any food? I mean, we should have some... DM, we should have some food in our packs, right? Yeah, you pl- you packed uh, plenty of food with you. It's travel food, though. It's not good food. I'd rather eat my travel food. I want to try some of what this, this place has got to offer. It smells delicious. Yeah. I imagine there are like all sorts of spices that I, I've not experienced before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you've always wanted to try Solunari cuisine. And since snakes are like more about smell than taste, like just sitting here is actually <laughs> really enjoyable. Yeah, it's really good. Some of the people have like uh, bowls of like a, a very rich uh, sort of like spicy stew. Uh, some of them have um, like a, a very like fragrant... Uh, for the lack of a better term, salad of like chopped, uh, like very finely chopped herbs and tomatoes and different uh, spices like that, uh, sort of over a bed of grains. Uh, that looks really good. All sorts of stuff like that. Athen, you think you could order me something meaty? Sure. And... Ooh, there's like one of those whole like roasting shanks that you sort of like shave bits off of. Oh, yes. Very good. Yeah. Um, I think I turn to Mr. Centaur Innkeep. He's a Minotaur, but okay. Oh, a Minotaur. I'm sorry. Uh, and I say, uh, could we get two of those uh, flank things? Oh, sure. He goes over and with like a giant, almost like a, almost like a machete, <laughs> like uh, slices off uh, these long strips of this roasted meat and uh, ladles this this like nice creamy sauce over the top that's like full of spice uh, like herbs and spices, uh, and he uh, serves it up to you again on a bed of um, uh, of grains as well. It looks delicious. It smells fantastic. I hand one to flower. Okay, you know that Casimir did warn you not to eat any of the food in here, right? Uh... Flower has forgotten. <laughs> oh, okay. Going for a bite. I did I did say that I was going to explicitly warn you anytime you were about to do something that was going to be bad. Wait, what 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 was the warning? Casimir warned that um one of the ways it might be bad to interact with the spell would be to eat or drink anything inside the Twilight City. Because he knows that everything that is here, including all this food, even though it doesn't look like it, was created by magic, uh, specifically created by the magic of the gloaming, because before this was here, uh, nothing was here. Zuljara was completely destroyed. I believe Casimir said it sank into quicksand during the Calamity. Uh, so everything that's here, even though it seems real and like so real flour like it smells so good and you want to eat it so bad um casimir knew that even though it seemed real it's not real and uh interact like eating it is going to pull you further into the spell of unreality uh that the gloaming is creating so since i was missing some integrity i just rolled to see if if Athen could kind of shake off the gloaming's influence and remember Casimir's warning. Mm-hmm. And I rolled a natty 20. Nice. Uh, okay. 
So I... Good for you. Good RP, bro. I suddenly kind of shake my head and uh, put my hand on Flower's arm. I'm like, I I can't believe I'd forgotten, but remember, Casimir told us not to eat anything in here. Long pause as, as Flower like looks at this delightful heap of meat and is just like, oh yeah, God, I kind of want it anyway, though. Yeah, same, but we really shouldn't, and I think I take the plate from Flower. We're gonna go enjoy this upstairs, I say to the Minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to notice anything unusual. He's just going through the motions, the motions of making food, the motions of pouring beer for all the paper people who aren't drinking it. Yeah, let's go back to our rooms and eat the travel food like I was going to. <sighs> At least we can smell it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like when you walk into a Jimmy John's and they have the sign that says free smells. <laughs> and that just makes everything worse. Can you imagine how crappy it would be, Flower, if even just smelling the food in here was bad for you? Well, there's not really anything we can do about that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going to be that much of a dick. <laughs> Maybe if you do it too often, because you're going right up to the line. But no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to be that mean. Um, yeah, you guys can walk up. There is like uh, a nice set of uh, carved stone steps uh, leading up to the second floor of this building. Uh, you have is there noticed- any wood in them? No, there's no wood. You have noticed that the architecture in this city is made mostly of carved stone with very like fluid curves um not many which trees is... in the desert huh yeah not a whole lot of wood around here and also you think that the dry climate might make anything made out of wood quite a fire hazard uh, although of course like people do still have fires like obviously he was roasting that you know shank of meat over you know some fire although being very careful about it because again made of paper uh, but, um, uh, it's more of an architectural style also. Um, it's made, uh, so that the buildings, uh, stay cool during the day and stay warm at night, uh, so that they deal more efficiently with the drastic change of temperature in this region of the world also. And the elves were really good at stone shaping magic, or at the ones around here were, so... Sadly, eat some rations. Caden takes out his delicious, delicious elven bread. That's what I always <laughs> imagine our travel food is. It's just always elven bread. Dude, it's not fucking Lembus bread. Uh, it's um, you got these rations from Gallimaufry, so I suspect it's you know the sort of stuff that you would have found around there: bread, cheese, sausages, heavily salted pork. Yeah, probably. It had to be stuff that you could take on the go, so it's not any of, you know, the delicious Gallimaufry soup or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it was the best that they could but do. But I've got my Tupperware container. Tupperware. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, as far as rations go, these are good rations, but compared to the smell of the food downstairs, big disappointment. Kidden didn't want to eat the food downstairs. Caden has a thing with inns. I do? You didn't like the juicy cheese bar. You were angry about <laughs> its food. You don't like this place's food. Well, it was just because nobody else was eating. So 
he's worried that if like we started eating the food, they would all give us funny looks. Well, they aren't eating the food because they can't, because they're made out of paper. Yeah, they probably think that they are. Anyway, Caden was planning on eating travel food, so he he's not let down. Fair enough. All right, yes, we nosh. Okay, you nosh. Is there anything more you wanted to say to each other? I think Athen kind of goes back to Flower. Did you, did you have any more questions about my affliction? I know you were kind of a little nervous about it. I have just been taught to respect the cycle of life and death, and I always understood necromantic power, even when it's not raising people from the dead, is disrupting that, and that there are always consequences, even if the casters may not feel them. Yeah, I was always taught at the university, too, that anything related to necromancy was strictly taboo. But there isn't much I can do to control this, frankly. And they have helped me out along the way, in exchange for my help, of course. They've obviously helped us out, too, as you've healed us. I just hope I'm sort of, like, look down at myself and some of the wounds that have been closed up that there isn't something else happening. Especially because my magic is so similar to yours. I'm worried it's the same thing with me. I don't understand magic at all, so I don't know where mine is coming from, but... So Caden's still kind of, like, half-eaten, so he's like, (laughs) you know, normally I'd be pretty suspicious, but, uh... Seemed like a pretty cool dude, so I'm not all that worried. Ethan just kind of smiles at Caden and uh, mentally thanks him for defusing the situation. Or at least making an attempt. A- anyways, it's I do everything I can to make sure that I am being responsible and not doing anything that would hurt the natural order. That's good. And based on what I've seen from your power, I think it comes from a different source than mine so i don't think that's something you have to worry about really because we can do some of the same things and sometimes when i see you cast magic it's like oh that's that i can do that i laugh a bit it's always struck me that your powers came more from the earth well that's true but there are plenty of dead people in the earth you know The earth is exclusively made of dead stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you to explain magic to me some more when we were at Gallimaufry, but yeah, you were a little busy then. Maybe, Maybe we'll get to that. Or maybe, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. I mean, I trained for years at the university. I'd be happy to share anything I learned with you. But you're right, it's best to save that for when we're out of danger Uh uh-huh well let's get some sleep and tackle the floaty boys in the morning yeah not not looking forward to facing one of them down again do we want to have somebody keep watch i mean we're in an inn but place it's not right absolutely are you volunteering sure i'll take first go cool i'll take second and I'll finish things up. Athanasius, just out of pure curiosity as the dungeon master, um, where does Athanasius feel like his magical power comes from? 
I mean, from his armband, mostly. Yeah, you guys didn't talk about the armband. Nope, I'm keeping that to myself for now. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, can I roll to see if he's holding something back? Or is that not... Oh, you can always roll an insight check if you would like. Yeah, I don't... We won't encourage too many player versus player rolls, but... Um, uh, you a cast old person. Yeah, you, you roll insight and uh, Athanasius uh, roll me deception, and we'll see who rolls higher. 14. Uh, it's crit fail, but I haven't used my bones yet today. <laughs> You're gonna use the dead person bones to oh, <laughs> wow! Underhanded move. Not bro. a twenty. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He uses the help of dead people to help yeah, him feel you, that he's you literally just man. used necromancy to do a deception check about his necromancy. Bro, in the karma of storytelling, that's gonna come bite you in the ass someday. Okay. Uh yeah, Flower, um he's not holding anything back. Being totally honest with you. So honest. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Totally honest and open, one hundred percent. Uh-huh. There's just something about him. It's just real trustworthy. So trustworthy. Okay, well. Caden takes out his crystal-infused thermos and kicks back in the rocking chair and washes the door and fire. I assume there's a fireplace in our room. Sure, there can be a fireplace and a rocking chair. Totally. Actually, I want it to be like a lazy boy chair with a... Uh, probably not so much. It's probably like a wicker, like one of those like wicker chairs. Fine. Uh, Look, it's got nice cushions, okay? What do you want? I want Caden to just sink into a giant lazy boy chair. Well, it's definitely, let's put it this way, it's definitely more uh, on the human scale of things. So you do sink into the cushions pretty handily, being a halfling. Cool. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com. And you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited by Cloud and Audrey and produced by Cloud. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for his awesome advice. Our theme music is 8-Bit Adventure by Adhesive Wombat. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us next week on Tales from the Table.